Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. The brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset. What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come? Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done anymore. That we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not enough to be a believer. It's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it. You cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower. Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom. What in the world would it mean to pray, thy kingdom come? Right, well, today is May the 4th, and we have been teasing this episode for a while, and and uh, just like we teased our 420 episode, uh, May the 4th is another another big one. It is. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. But before we get there, I got to say it. Gee, welcome back. Oh, it's good to be here, Mr. Brown, Robbie. Yes. Back in the international headquarters of broadcasting. Yes. The, uh... Good to have you back. We say that because we have a, a listener, at least one listener in Spain. In Spain, yeah, yeah. So Chelsea, thank you because uh, now we've we've gone into the appreciate international. Her. Have yeah. you? Did you see how much of the episode she listened to? We got to track that. Um, yeah, Miss uh, uh, had missed you guys. Had a great time, but uh, it's good to be back here. It's good to be back here. Learned yeah. a lot, grew a lot, and thank you guys that reached out to me to listen to the podcast about the uh, my time at Fort Jackson. Yeah, well, and yeah. we ought to we ought to do a debrief. I think it'd yeah. be fun now that you're back to to talk about. I got that. some lessons I learned. If if that's yeah, yeah, and, and what a what a time you be there with everything that's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, the, the risk very of, powerful, of very very. Uh, you know, we got friends that are training for going to Poland right now. Um, yeah, Stanley and Quok are heading over there. Um, pretty quick, they're part of the first calf. Wow, out of Fort Hood. So, yeah, goodness, goodness. Well, yeah. on a slightly on a less serious yeah. note, May uh, the Fourth. <laughs> May the Fourth. <laughs> Yeah, May the fourth that transition be- couldn't have been more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have the opportunity today, and it is what a wonderful opportunity to talk yeah. about Star Wars. Yeah. May the fourth. I don't know how it happened, but somewhere along the way, May the fourth somehow became kind of a de facto holiday. Yeah. Uh, for Star Wars, mm-hmm. if if such a thing is worth celebrating, it's the it's the day where you where you celebrate it. But you know, going back to. I want to take us, I want to go back in the Wayback Machine. Okay. Do you guys remember, what was the first Star Wars movie you saw, uh, maybe in the theater or at home, or when did you first experience this cultural phenomenon so, okay. called Star Wars? So, the, the first Star Wars movie I remember seeing was Return of the Jedi, but I didn't see it in the theater because I think it came out the year I was born. <laughs> 
So I missed all the first three. Oh, I, I thought they were we like on TV we when I was a kid. You or? said the way back. That's as far back as I go. <laughs> wow. What were you were born, Robbie? 83. 83. And isn't that okay. when Return of the Jedi? I think that's when it came Must out. Must be, yeah. No, I I want to. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first one I've, I, I remember seeing because the Ewoks are really memorable. They were cool. And then Jabba the Hutt was freaky. So that's like the. That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah, and then I remember as uh, I was probably like in junior high, but I got like the trilogy deluxe edition VHS, Ooh. you know, thing for Christmas that came like in a Darth Vader sliding case. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What about Gigi? So I, I, I don't remember seeing Episode Four in the theaters, but I it was seventy seven, uh-huh. so I would have been five or six. But I just remember growing up in that fight when Empire Strikes came back, oh, yeah. and, and then Return of the Jedi. I was so I was about eleven or twelve at that point. The toys were—I mean, we just—I I have so many memories of toys, and still a little frustrated. You know, the the big twelve-inch Darth Vader—that mm-hmm. was the expensive one, and I never got that. I had the little mm. little tiny Darth Vaders. Okay. You know, all my rich friends had their big old big <laughs> Darth Vaders, and um, and I had the little Darth. But we had—you know—there was, was a Boba Fett kids. had a Boba Fett had a little thing you could. Yeah, poke on the they, side they had to and, and recall and then, that. Oh, they did. Well, yeah, we, they, it's like hugely valuable now. It's oh, on eBay really? if it actually shoots out the the little missile because they had to recall that as a choking hazard or something. Well, we play with jarts when we were kids too. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen jarts or not, yeah. but uh, I'm surprised. Like the kids today are weak. Sorry, um, <laughs> but, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my. What about you, Mister Brown? Episode. You uh, do you a, remember playing with Star episode. Wars toys? And I uh, do. I yeah. do. My my favorite Star Wars memory. I had the opportunity to see Star Wars Episode Four, mm. as they call it today, A New Hope. Yeah. I had the opportunity to see that in the theater, and that's it was cool. 1977. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And, but my most special memory is is a tribute to my mom. We were in. I was at a Christian school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was the the school's Victory Christian School. In, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they had a special uh, year-ending chapel. Hmm. And in this year-ending chapel, it was kind of like a, a half-day type type deal, and you could not get out of it. But on that same day, my mom had bought tickets and su- to surprise us to see in the in the very first showing of Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh. man! And so she co- she shows up to school, and she says, "Okay, I'm checking out my kids." And they said, "No, we have this special year-ending chapel." And and she would not. She suffered no fools on that day. <laughs> oh, Mr. Brown, Mrs. Brown got it she done. Pulled, she pulled me out, and, yeah. and my brother and sister, and she took us on the very first day. That's cool to go see Return of the Jedi. It was wow. cool. So love you, mom. That was good for her. And yeah, I'm the I chapel mean, guy here, so that's like uh, that's awesome that she yeah, did well, that. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I bet you remember that more than you would have remembered what they talked about at chapel that day. Maybe, sadly, right? (laughs) Sadly, (laughs) but because this is an this is a a podcast dedicated not to chipping or skipping chapel, right? But to biblical worldview, that's kind of what we want to do today: is is take a look on May the fourth at how biblical worldview is is revealed or not revealed or what types of, of worldview are revealed in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be that would be kind of fun. And we do have here at the school, we have a club called the Rogue Squadron. We do. And and this is a group of, of young men and, mm-hmm. and a couple young ladies yeah. that are uh, fascinated with Star Wars. And we spend a lot of time 
considering not just Star Wars, but different, what I call, rather than calling it science fiction, I like to call it speculative fiction. It's yeah. fiction that speculates about what the future might hold. And, and so much science fiction has actually done a remarkable job yeah. of predicting the future. You also wonder how much they've produced the future because they Ooh. dreamed up these things that people read about as kids, yeah. and then these people grew up to go, let's make that. Yeah, so that's how, a really good point. You know what I mean? So you wonder how it's propelling the future innovation. innovation yeah that's really even though cool. star wars is really history right because it happened a long time ago oh yeah in a galaxy <laughs> in a galaxy yeah. far away uh, sure. so well said yeah. good point yeah. good point <laughs> but one of the exercises that we do is we look through all of these different speculative fiction pieces whether it's a book a comic book a video game or a, or a movie is we look at summit worldviews uh, or excuse me, Summit Ministries Worldview Chart. Mm. And and there is basically an expose, if you will, or, or representation of all the different aspects of different worldviews. And so I thought the way it, it'd be fun today to approach this from a worldview-specific perspective and ask if these these worldviews are represented in, in some form or another. And so... Summit represents the the major worldviews as Islam, secularism, Marxism, new spirituality, postmodernism, and biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. So they break it down into to six. Robbie, what would you break it down in a similar fashion, or would you include more or less? How would you look at that? Well, I think Summit's breaking it down to what are the main worldviews in our culture, um, because one of the things they're missing. One of the big ones they're missing is um, pantheistic monism, which is huge in China and India and Nepal and just big in Asia. But it's not – they're categorizing it as the new spirituality, which would be like a new age where we take some things from the east and then we westernize them. So I think they're they're categorizing it as here, but as worldwide, yeah, monism would be a a huge one, especially I think when we're talking about uh, Star Wars because I think there's a lot of that worldview in the Star Wars and what do we call it? Anthology is that the word? The anthology. Ninology. Ninology. Denial. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not even nine, right? I mean, this isn't really about Star Wars much, but there's like all the. We got Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Oh, you got Han yeah. Solo. Yeah. But of the true canon, right? Of well, the these true, are canon. Yeah, the true. These They're are part can- of the oh, canon. Yeah, that's true. That's these true. are part of canon. Yeah. The big, the big controversy in the Rogue Squadron, the conversation is when Disney took over the yeah. canon. Mm-hmm. What was now, you know, at one point canon is now the what they call the extended universe. Oh, I see. And so all these things became decanonized. <laughs> and and then there's this whole new canon of of influence. Yeah. And we'll talk a Double little bit about Double barrel that today. canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as you look at um, these different worldviews mm-hmm. that are out there, where do you see Star Wars fitting? I mean, as we get into this, just generally speaking, where would you see the the worldview represented in Star Wars most often? Robbie, where do you see that in? I think that the first of all, you can find Christian themes in it because people can't get away from the the real myth, which is Christianity. That's what C.S. Lewis called it. Yeah, he said there's a lot of myths, but That's Christianity good. is the true myth, right? It's the wow. real story mm-hmm. that happened. Um, so there's the the good and evil side of things, 
in Star Wars, which that's a Christian idea. And so you're saying that in every story, <laughs> in a form. Oh yeah, biblical every Christian good story idea has a hero, and it has something yeah. they need to overcome, and it's good triumphing over evil, and is virtue beating vice, right? Like every yeah. story has that in it. Um, there's always a savior, right? Luke Skywalker is the savior in mm-hmm. the early Star Wars, right? But then, um, which is why people got really mad when he was like a bitter old man too, because he's yep. the hero. Like he's he's that's Luke. Yeah, come on, yeah, man. He wouldn't do that. Now we got hold on, hold on. I gotta I gotta say something there because that's one of the biggest areas of contention is the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. And the one thing I would say about the Last Jedi is is you rewind the tape. Mm-hmm. This is from an old man's perspective, if yeah. I may. Is that when in nineteen I think it was nineteen eighty when when Empire Strikes Back first came out we didn't know who luke's father was okay? yeah that's right yeah. you know all you knuckleheads out there listening right now you they know you they grew up sure. yeah you grew up understanding that I am your was father luke's. that yeah. was a shock though yeah but in 1980 we're sitting there in the theater and i actually on that the first day i went to see the empire strikes back i wore a red shirt to the theater that said darth vader lives and that was a hopeful statement because at the end of Star Wars, we weren't confident that Darth Vader would show up hmm. in Episode Five. We weren't sure, but lo and behold, he did. So when he first appeared on the screen, there was a there was a little bit of a wow. little bit of a cheer. Interesting. And so, yeah, I think the thing that I love about the Last Jedi is that it what essentially Ryan Johnson did, and this is kind of controversial, but my favorite Star Wars movie. Is actually the Last Jedi. Hmm. Is that number nine? That's no, that was or number eight. eight. Okay. okay, and it's the one that, that is probably most controversial. But what I love that he did was what George Lucas did in 1980 with Empire Strikes Back, is he took all of our expectations and he just threw them out the window. Yeah, and he went a different way. Mm-hmm. And and he huh. talk about a bold, creative move. That's what he did. Yeah. Well, that's what Ryan Johnson did with <clears throat> with the Last Jedi. Well, and I feel like he in that he he so. You can't get it, but every this is what's fascinating about that. Everyone was upset about him doing that because it strayed from the Christian narrative, the the, bottom, the good yeah. hero. And but what he was doing with that is he was really playing out the Buddhist or pantheistic monistic worldview of Star Wars. Because Luke's like, what is the difference? Light, dark, right, wrong. Who cares? That's the truth of the Buddhist worldview. That's true. That that George Lucas was was coming at through through some things in the seventies, and so um, the whole idea about the force that permeates everything, right? And it's an impersonal force. You can use it for good. You can use it for evil. It's very Buddhistic that the divine's in me and it's in you. And there's no right and there's no wrong. There just yeah. is. That's all this Buddhist. So the fact that he did that in Episode Eight was true to the worldview, but everyone was mad because. Christianity resonates with us, yeah, and we we want the hero and to we be see the it hero. When it's wrong. Yeah. yeah, and we go, that's not how this story's supposed to go. It's fascinating. Yeah, um, and then even like the Buddhist idea, like when ugh, it's at the end of nine, right, where Luke's like he's like transcendentally meditating and he's projecting no, himself. Eight. Is that eight? Yeah, that's in eight. But then he just disappears, right? Yeah, he becomes one with the one of Nirvana of nothing. Right, he's just dissolved into, and th- but but then there's the. Now I feel kind of bad for speaking so highly of Episode Eight. Well, no, no, no but then, <laughs> but then think about it. But then he's but then he's there with Obi Wan and Yoda as these ghosts. So it's like there's not one specific worldview that it's hitting, no, but there's true. pieces of all these different ones mixed up together. But I would say the one that's the most upfront is Buddhism. 
That's interesting. And yet I, I love your point that our our hearts hearken back to the one true man. Oh, yeah. Everyone wants yeah. it. And it either resonates with that or, or it doesn't. Yep. And, and I think that's so cool. Now, yeah. if you were to ask George Lucas, it, you know, was Buddhism in front and center in his mind during the creative process? I think he would have. And I, there may be some interviews out there where he actually answers that and, and says no. What, what he subscribes to, as I understand it, is an author by the name of Joseph Campbell. And, and Joseph Campbell wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And in that book, he introduces the idea of a monomyth. And, you know, in, in narratology and in comparative mythology, the hero's journey or is we would call it the monomyth is the common template. This is what you were referring to, mm-hmm. that common template of stories that involve a hero that goes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, and then comes home somehow changed or transformed. Yeah, that's exactly what The Hobbit is, right? Yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien talked about that. He said, yeah. and that's the difference between an adventure and a quest. An adventure is something that you go on and you return to life as the same thing. A quest is something you go on that changes you for the rest of your life. Interesting. Right? Yeah. This is what J.R.R. Tolkin talked about this stuff. Yes. So this guy's ripping him off. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Really no but it's true. It's it's the it's the it's it's the story that God has embedded into us to desire. Yeah. It's fascinating because people wrote about it prior to Christ, right? You have mythology talking about and looking towards this God-man Hercules coming to save everybody thing. And then it really happened in Jesus, but better than Hercules, right? Like he's beyond better. And so, yeah, it's, it's really written on the human heart that that's the true story. And that's every great story follows that exact pattern. And Campbell and and Lucas and I think Tolkien would all say we're we're all retelling the same, the same story. story. Yes. Yeah, well, time and, and time again. But where did it come from? Right, yeah. that's the question. Yeah, where did this come from? I think it's because Romans one. We all know there's a God. Yeah. We all know how this works, and it's it's just part of. And it's who in we us. Are. It's resonated with us because yep. that's part of our yeah. DNA. This is such a powerful thing. I don't know if you guys have read. There's this book called Story Brand by Donald Miller. Heard of it. He, it's this whole thing about how to run your business, and it's based on telling this story through your business and that your client's the hero of the story, and you're the guide or the Gandalf or whoever who comes along and takes them on a quest to victory. And because it's the great mono story that we all seek, um, you will be successful in business if you cast your clients as or your, your um, customers as the hero and you as the guide that's going to help them huh. quest. So it's 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 his business everybody model. Everybody wants the that's quest. Everyone wants to be on that on that because it resonates. Yeah. It's fascinating. So even businesses are using this, utilizing this idea. Well, but it also harkens back to I'm I'm thinking within biblical worldview. One of the aspects of that is the big story of scripture. Yes, and the what what we've called the grand narrative. The grand narrative, and, of... and I've heard you, Robbie, call it the big story. Yep. Can you explain that? What what does that mean exactly? Yeah, the the meta narrative. Right, the the real story of how things actually are, the Christian story. Not not, and I, when I say that, I don't mean our idea. This is the real story. Yeah. It's that God created everything and it was great, and we screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> the fall happened, and now yeah. death takes us, and we've been needing somebody to fix that. And God taught us a lesson on us trying to fix our own sin for thousands of years, and we can't do it. We can't follow it. We can't. So he had to come himself yeah. 
in t- to be a human though, right? He had to become a human in order to redeem us, to reconcile us back to God. So we have a longing to be who we were meant to, but we're messed up. We can't fix ourselves. We needed an outside hero to come into our circumstance to fix our problem. And that was Jesus. Wow. Amen. I think people often yeah. talk about it. Creation, fall, redemption. That's kind of the big story. The big four. Yeah, yeah. the big... Uh... Well, what guys, what I'm going to propose is yeah. what would you say if... This has been fascinating, yeah. but I think we've got so much more to discuss. What would you think if we came back to this topic on our next What About Wednesday episode. On not May the 4th? On not May like, Can yeah. we do such a thing? Yeah, Maybe I mean, be so bold that there, suggest Is there going to be, like, uh, so May, so in June, is it on the 6th? Because we could call it, like, Return of the 6th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we can figure yeah. out something, now I'm sure. we got to do it. we yeah, got to do, do it. it. Yeah, we got to do like that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll yep. take, we'll hit the pause button here, okay. yep. and we'll come back around it, because this has been such Love a rich, rich conversation. Uh, it'll be fun to come back around this same topic and explore this idea of Star Wars. And, and we're queuing up as part of our summer reading at, at Northwest Christian. We're queuing up a whole movie that, or excuse me, a whole summer that surrounds bound movies and, and things like that. It's kind of our, our theme for our summer reading program. It's going to be great. So it'll be fun. Yeah. And so we'll come back to hit this movie topic one more time in, in two weeks. So we'll for part two Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.